continuing on with the Idlewild interviews, we have the man that was actually to the left of Nikki. This is Blair Evans. Blair Evans, how are you today? Doing very well, very well. Yes, sir. It's good to have you on. And uh, being a third generation Idlewilder, uh, you've, you've seen more of the scope of what Idlewild has had to offer over the years and what it's meant not just to Michigan, but to black America and the Midwest itself. Uh, can you give a little bit of what your experience just over the years has been visiting and what it's been for the African-American community? Yeah, Idlewild has, has, has long played a really important role in African-American community. I mean, I, you know, as Nikki, um, coming up since I was in diapers, so mm. it's just a fab part of the fabric of my life. Mm-hmm. And my mother was a school teacher, so the whole mm. summer got to spend up in Idlewild. Okay. So it's a real, real important ingredient. You know, I, I came up right at the the tail end of the kind of entertainment boom in Idlewild, mm-hmm. and so I saw a little bit of that kind of heyday of entertainment, but it's maintained, you know, a core community vacation kind of value over a significant period of time although kind of skipped a generation a little bit kind of in the 70s but it's really becoming re-energized with the generation after that Mm. which seems to be finding the same values um, in Idlewild that uh, that we found and I was kind of curious about that you know having grown up Mm-hmm. In the mix of Idlewild, you know it holds a place in your life, but you're always curious. If somebody saw this for the first time, would they feel the same thing? And it's been real gratifying to see that a lot of the folks who have come up and been exposed to Idlewild have felt that same kind of energy, that self, same kind of camaraderie. I think a lot of that has to do with the, the roots of Idlewild as a real African-American self-determined community. And it really still is that and, you know, at this point in time. You know, you asked a question you know, earlier about kind of the origin story mm-hmm. of the family kind of up in, up yeah. in Idlewild. You know, grandparents started coming up there in the 20s. Hmm. And, you know, it was a place where, you know, black folks in the industrial north had an opportunity to go and be first-class citizens, to have access to unequal natural resources. But more than that, to have, you know, those cross-currents of, you know, attorneys and doctors and artists and sports people and... Um, people from all walks of life who often live kind of in silos mm-hmm. to just be in the same place, remove all of the pretense of the positions yeah, and just kind of hang out, you know, be together, talk about current events, talk about political futures and really just kind of be on the same level and release that tension. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that happened kind of in the 70s and 80s, you know, folks, there's all this pent up demand. You know, Idlewild was created, you know, during a time period of segregation. And, you know, it was a very strong entrepreneurial endeavor for, you know, black Americans to have created all the institutions in Idlewild. You know, the power station, um, the hospital, you know, none of this was parachuted in. This is all the initiative of folks who were part of the community to provide the the institutions and the services that were necessary. Mm -hmm. But another part of segregation is, I guess, you always wonder how your bells is living. Mm-hmm. So with the civil rights legislation, the folks had the opportunity to go someplace else. Everybody explored, you know, a lot of other locations. And, you know, that that was very intriguing for a time period. And I, you know, grew up in a time when I could go anyplace and did. You know, I traveled all over the world, gone to a lot of resorts. You know, when you come back to Idlewild, you notice that there's a tension in your shoulders that's not there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you go visit a lot of other places. You're almost waiting because you know you're going to have to check somebody who says something stupid or whatever. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, wouldn't, wouldn't nothing be scarier for me to be at Martha's Vineyard and something comes up missing hey. and I'm the person in the room. It's like, <laughs> oh, man, yeah, I'm going to probably need the dream team to get me out of this one. So, you know, you know, mm-hmm. even though, you know, you can feel safe mm-hmm. and you can feel, you know, interested in the scenery and mm-hmm. amazing facilities there's always that you know you know you're kind of walking on eggshells because you know yeah. somebody else's ground yeah you come up to Idlewild, you may not have as amazing infrastructure in terms of capital investment but you have absolutely amazing natural resources you got an amazing community and you're among people where you know you can just relax mm-hmm. and that's priceless i mean just from a mental health perspective mm-hmm. being able to engage with people in a constructive way i mean you know we were a couple summers ago, there was a, a black professional plumber that came up there who was just kind of, you know, checking things out. And his last day, he was almost in tears, you know, when mm. he was leaving. And I was asking him, you know, kind of, you know, I, I, you know, I know the place is impactful, but, yeah. you know, why? He was saying, you know, he had never been in any place in his whole life where black folks were working together in such just a, a common way without any external support or pressure to make it happen. On one sense, it's a sad commentary on our perspective on our communities that it takes policing or whatever to make us act right. Yeah. But it's nice that people recognize when you're in a place where we're left to our own devices that we're more human than anyone else. Yeah. And we have, an, uh, you know, people have an opportunity to experience that yes, outside sir. the pressure cooker of, of of normal life. So for me, it's it's like my mental health. Okay. So n- now it, it, it's different, being that it's been y- in your whole life and your family growing up and continuing on that legacy. So what has that meant to you to see the generation after you carry on and like pick up that legacy and also for you to be able to pick up the legacy from your family because it's like you're passing of the baton to you and then you're passing it on. And that that baton pass looked like it was a little shaky there for a little while. (laughs) Um, Got got a little dicey. (laughs) It was like, oh, what are you doing? But, uh, you know, I mean, there's some of us up there that were kind of sticking our fingers in the dike, you know, when when assets that were part of the community historically, you know, were being, you know, sold because, you know, folks are getting older or mm-hmm. not in that position. There weren't a whole lot of us stepping up to mm-hmm. actually make sure it stayed there. Um, so, you know, we've been involved in, you know, a lot of the, the process of, you know, activating resources that are there. I mean, you know, I own one of the historic motels up, up there that was listed in the Green Book, you know, mm. in the 50s and 60s. Mm. You talk about, you know, the honor of a baton pass and being the yeah. steward of a historical resource going yeah. forward. But I don't even know uh, motel, motel management ownership. That's a that's an endeavor I can imagine. And that is not what I trained it to be for my whole life. Being in the <laughs> hospitality business, if you'd asked me 10 years ago, that had been way down on the list someplace. But you got to do what you got to do when you're yes, in the sir. right position. But, you know, to have the opportunity to make sure that there's a place when people come up to Idlewild that they can stay mm-hmm. within Idlewild and mm-hmm. feel that community of Idlewild is an important piece. And all of those little pieces have to work together in order to allow that kind of regrowth and rebirth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's really nice to see, you know, that, that investment based on faith mm-hmm. and maintaining the infrastructure within the community, you know, paying off um, as, you know, these innovators that are here are bringing new programming to Idlewild. Yes, are exposing another generation, the people to Idlewild, mm-hmm. and those folks are planting roots. Mm. And so now they're starting to take the baton. Yeah. And so, you know, we're, a couple of us were holding a whole bunch of them there, but we yeah. had the chance to kind of pass them out. Okay. And, I mean, you know, 
every generation has its responsibility in the mix. Mm-hmm. A whole lot of folks did some amazing stuff before mine. Mm. We did our little part, and now the next group of folks are picking it up and running Step with it. Step up and uh, what's next to bat. So as we talk about what's next to bat and Detroit is different, it's so based on culture. Uh, the food there, I think food and culture are, are very intertwined because as much as people love entertainment, what some of the first things to get people in a place to even get open to new entertainment is food itself. Mm-hmm. So the food there, fishing seems to be something that was mentioned a couple of times, but what's happening with the food in Idaho? So I guess there are two things, you know, over the last, well, it's always been the case that, you know, even with the restaurants and like that were there, you know, you bounce from place to place and you mm-hmm. got the cuisine of all of the, the, complex cuisine cuisine of all of the folks who came to Idlewild from all different places okay. around the country. Okay. And that's actually spread even more. I mean, it used to be a cluster of cities that uh, would frequent Idlewild, but as, you know, their children move to even more far-flung places, you have mm-hmm. folks coming back from even wider variety. Okay. So I think a lot of the interest in just, you know, community and food is a major part of that. Mm-hmm. Is just the interrelationship between people, you know, having dinner over here or cookout over there and that kind of mix. Okay. Um, the Red Rooster is uh, is the current incarnation of Rosanna's Tavern, which was another institution that was in the Green Book, mm. you know, back in the day. It's still operating. And, uh, you know, it's a, a local watering hole and eatery. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also bringing another a restaurant on the lake online in Idaho. Huh. Um, in renovation of one of the historic community buildings that we've been entrusted with some responsibility of kind of helping to move forward. Okay. Um, but a lot of the folks who do the event, you know, bring up their own culinary mm-hmm. spin. ROI brought up a different chef every day. Wow. Uh, Return Idlewild. So they had their own kind of piece, and that was an integral part of what they're doing. Okay. You know, the, the glamping festival is more of a, you know, everybody's doing their own piece. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, everybody in their own tent is kind of doing their spin. So you kind of circulate from place to place. You taste this drink over here. You taste this food over here. And so it's just kind of a mm-hmm. shared experience. So it's it's more so the people bring whatever they're spent on in a resort atmosphere. This is going to be what I what what I want to be having as I'm looking out on this beautiful lake, watching the sundown. I want this and this and this and this and this. So it's kind of like I guess a mix of the people that bring about the food. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So with that being said, what do you see in the future? Well, it's uh it's looking bright, as they say. Okay. I mean, one of the things I see, again, is, is a lot of new people who are in the stage of life where they're moving and shaking and doing things, mm-hmm. taking an interest in planting roots in Idlewild, you know, younger families who have those additional generations mm-hmm. who are also finding an interest in Idlewild and connecting with each other. So you have those peers, again, to kind of grow up with and, and scheme and plot and plan and, and think about things with. Um, and, the you know, the area of Idlewild is still under our control. And so we have an opportunity to really do that planning for the next generation of Idlewild. And that's one of the transitions that's happening right now is that with complete, you know, recognition and appreciation for the historical context, mm-hmm. Idlewild's got to be relevant to the people who are living now and to the generation of people who want to get the same kind of active experience out of Idlewild mm-hmm. as the previous generations did. So, you know, there's a tendency on the one hand to almost kind of fossilize Idlewild because it is such hollow ground for a lot of people mm-hmm to preserve things as they were in the day, which doesn't provide young folks an opportunity to live it as, as it they is. would like to. So it's finding yeah. that balance 
And, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for folks two generations back to try to figure out what somebody two generations ahead wants. Yes. Like, you never know that. Yeah. So Talk about it. The room is the room is being created and the space is being created for the folks who are trying to live this to actualize the vision of it that they want to. And we're seeing the full respect and, and wanting to preserve the integrity of Idlewild, but give it legs and give it life kind of into the future also. So that's the most exciting thing to me is to see you know, a respectful and, you know, active blend of history and an extension going forward. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. You're welcome.